from Variety, celebrating 115 years covering the business of entertainment, this is the Award Circuit Podcast. It was scary at times. Um, I worried that I put unnecessary pressures on it. I think the journey for me individually was realizing that we were just servicing the story of this one family, that we weren't necessarily upholding a portrait of all Korean Americans or anything like that. And in some way, it does reflect a truth to other people who went through a similar situation or come from a similar background. Maybe perhaps, you know, when you say it hasn't been seen before, sometimes I wonder if it's because other times that it's been done, it kind of went with the pressure of needing to service the community as a whole instead of just servicing this one family and this one story. Stephen Yun knew the importance of telling the story in Minari, while also understanding that it was just one way to share the immigrant experience. I'm Michael Schneider, and on this episode of the Awards Circuit Podcast, we revisit Minari through a conversation with Stephen Yun and Yu Jung Yun. But first, on the Awards Circuit Roundtable, our final predictions for Oscars 2021. The longest Oscar season in recent memory is almost over, and we're just three days away from the Academy Awards. It's all happening on this episode of Variety's Awards Circuit Podcast. Stay close. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Variety Awards Circuit Podcast. I'm Clayton Davis, Film Awards Editor at Variety. Join for our final Oscar winner prediction podcast of the year with Janelle Riley. Three days more. Jazz Tanke. Three days more. And with 158 days more till Emmys. <laughs> my, <chance. laughs> my world's just beginning. Yeah. Lucky you. Here we go. Uh, it's, it's here. It's here. That's it. Well, I want to do a programming note for next week where we talk about... Uh, uh, yeah, we, we sort of give our roundup of everything that happened. But more importantly, as I was telling Jazz and Janelle, I think we take audio of Clayton on ABC, <laughs> and we're going to dissect it frame by frame. Yeah. It's going to be very Absolutely. mystery science theater. So look forward to uh. that next week where we talk all about Clayton on national television. Coast to coast, baby. It's happening. For five wow. hours. Five <laughs> hours. Is it like you and Elizabeth bantering? Or? So, no. So it's not. Yeah. So you guys will see. Uh, we are actually not even together. We just found out we're going to be separated. So I, uh, Elizabeth will be at Union Station with uh, the rest of the panelists. I will be the expanded footprint at the Dolby Theater. Oh, that's where, cool. Oh. Yeah. So, but what's going? Is anything fun. happening at the Dolby Theater? I don't know, and I don't think so. So I might just be there by myself. But, oh. But I will be there nonetheless, and that's still fun. And then immediately after the Oscars, I believe you and I are going to do a little wrap up on We're jumping on a video in person. In like, person. Don't together. you breathe on me. Oh, oh, you guys are going to the office? You're actually yeah. going to do this? Yes. Yes. Studio. I got to check on that sandwich I left in my desk. <laughs> <laughs> That's all she wants to know is about that sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> that sandwich has a family now. Don't eat that sandwich. Please do not eat that sandwich. Hey, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> yeah, don't eat any sugar cookies or any... Anything that's been, like, on anyone's desk, just, just don't do it. Uh, Mike, I'm going to let you cowboy this thing. Do we go bottom to top or top to bottom? Like, do we start with the shorts and work our way up, or do we start a picture? And oh, just you want to do all no, the no. categories? No, let's, no, 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 no. No, we, we, we got to keep people listening to the end of this. Yes. So let's, let's, but how let's are they going to win their pool if they don't know what I picked? <laughs> they can go to your social media or any of the 12 websites you yeah. share it on. Yeah. 12. All right, so real quick, shorts. Uh, real quick, I'm going opera. A concerto is a conversation in Two Distant Strangers. Opera is my uh, left field pick, not picking uh, If Anything Happens, I Love You. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I think If Anything Happens, I Love You has the edge in animation. Shorts. Um, I think it'll be Two Distant Strangers or Feeling Through. For narrative short, but mm, pick pick feeling through for me, please pick it so I don't have to. I just you, think you two distant it. strangers is so timely and topical. I know. Yeah. Damn it, someone pick it, please. No, I'm picking two distant strangers. Oh, okay, damn it. All right. And I picked a concerto as a conversation. I switched it at the weekend. I had a love song for Latasha, and then 
I don't know, there's just something that's so beautiful about Chris Bowers and Horace Bowers Sr. telling their story. Uh, international feature, nice and easy, and quick to the point. Another round. Another round. Mm-hmm. Upset, though, Quo Vidis Aida. Yes, concur. Totally, yeah. And I'm pretty sure I said that wrong, so <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for you to correct me, but you did not. Too this tired. is what we'll do next week. How yes. to have pronounced every single thing. Remember, when you get on ABC Live and millions of people are watching, it's Amanda Seyfried. 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 <laughs> Write it on your hand. Yeah, I'm like, Seyfried. <laughs> she won't be with me anyway, so it'll be fine. Uh, doc feature, my octopus teacher. It's one everything. Same. I agree. And yeah. so, I, I don't know why that wasn't considered the front runner all along, frankly. Yeah, a lot of people felt like they knew that early. And I think yeah. it's like, yeah, it just kind of landed back to it. So, yep. But it's That's- a documentary race, right? Like, time led all the way. And then, as expected, last minute, we went back to my octopus teacher. Or- original song, Leslie Odom Jr. is going to win best song, I think. That's I think you're pick. probably right, but my, I I, ju- I have to say Husevic. Go for it. I just have to <laughs> say it. I look. I love Diane Warren. I think she is due a win, but they don't put the, her name on the ballot. And I think Leslie Odom Jr. has been everywhere. He's been presenting every single award this past weekend, and yeah, I think Leslie gets it. It's it's a great song. They're actually all good songs, I have to say. I also think there's something poetic about Diane Warren winning on her 13th nomination. So the next one will be lucky number 13 for her. So next year. Yeah. Uh, score. Soul. I think that's easy. Soul. Soul. Straight to the point. Sure. Visual effects. Tenant. I think that's Tenet. also. Yeah. Well, you don't think Midnight Sky? Alternate. Because yeah. it won v- v- uh, Visual Effects Guild, but I think it's Tenant. Yeah, I think you're right. It's probably Tenet. I really, as you know, was a big fan of Midnight Sky. I was too. I wanted Mm -hmm. to win, but it won't. Yeah, production design nomination for Tenet, I think, locked it up there. Sound, Sound of Metal. Yay. Sound of Metal. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if Soul upset, though. I think Soul is the upset. I think it's interesting you say that. I think it is the upset pick, but I think, I just think it's Sound of Metal. But that's a good, that's a good, that's a good, uh, pulse to see that if there is something surprising i think that's it yeah the only reason i say that is because of the awards the golden real awards where the, the mpse that just MPSE, said yeah that said that said nah we're good we'll, we'll do everything else but sound <laughs> of metal uh makeup and hairstyling ma rainey's black bottom i i know you're right i just am having this weird holdout for hillbilly allergy so is that your prediction don't you don't you be vague about this no, I better stick with Ma Rainey. I mean, based on guilds and, yeah. Okay. Ma Rainey. Watch Pinocchio come out of nowhere and do it. I, I thought Pinocchio w- could potentially be the upset. Yeah. It I thought it could, yeah. Definitely most makeup of, of everyone. <laughs> and usually that, that does a lot. Isn't that what the Oscars are about? Most? Most, most acting? Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of most, film editing. There's most editing that could be Trial of Chicago 7, but I think I'm sticking with BAFTA winner... Sound of Metal. I'm sticking with Sound of Metal, but boy, I but look, I would not be displeased to see Travel Chicago 7 take it. I'm sticking with Ace Eddie's and going for Travel Chicago 7. I, I believe Trial deserves this award, but yeah, I think it's just going to come up short. Costume. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and Roth will be the oldest woman to ever win a competitive Oscar. Wow. Almost, almost the oldest ever. She will miss uh, James Ivory by a couple months or a few months but um obviously james ivory did not win for costumes i know (laughs) (laughs) Anne roth will collect her second oscar good for her english patient right that was her first or am i making it up yeah 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 all right cinematography nomadland even with asc going with mank well i gotta tell you this is so tough i also love news of the world um i mean i love them all uh but yeah I'll, i'll i'll stick with nomadland I'm sticking with Nomadland with Mank to upset, but uh, Mike, how many of these films have you seen so far that we've said? They're Mike, wake up! <laughs> yeah, no, I've seen a Mike's ton of them, but I, I'm not the expert. I'm, I'm letting you guys. I mean, you guys are the experts. Like, I I can't keep track of what won the Eddie. I mean, I, I... listen, <laughs> Mike. You are in the Academy demographic, though. We could like you give a lot of insight of what your preference would be. I'm following along here on the uh, the, the the list, so looking at uh, the, the odds. So 
Well, well, here's production design for you, Mike. Mank. There, there's, there's something for Mank. Ten nominations. It's going to win production design. Oh, you think so? Yeah, I think like it's it's old Hollywood. I think what, what would what would beat it? That's the question. Again, I mean, and looking at the nominees, they're all great. Big fan of News of the World. Big fan of Tenet. Um, but yeah, you're probably right, Mank. And look, it looks stunning. Why not? Yeah, I think Ma Rainey could be the upset pick if if you think it's winning four out of five. You had to think that it could pick up that fifth. I'm just happy the father was recognized here because oh God, people yes. could look at that and say like, what? what? But it's such clever, smart production design. And in a way, the nomination is the win. Yeah, it's so subtle. I'll, I'll throw in some some sort of, uh, you know, conventional wisdom is Hollywood loves when you make uh, make up old Hollywood. And here it Darn is. Darn straight. Like, yep. Mm-hmm. Mank. Uh, animated feature. Soul. Soul. It's Soul, which is probably my fourth pick. Out of the five nominated movies. <laughs> I concur. If there's a spoiler, would it be Wolf Walkers or Sean the Sheep? Wolf Wolf Walkers. Probably Wolf Walkers. Yeah, Wolf Walkers is beautiful. Apple's been going hard. He tried. Again, I said I think my, my favorite was Onward, but Onward's my favorite. Onward was yeah. fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah, believe it or not, I, I was my second favorite here is Over the Moon. I actually Over really liked Over the Moon. Yeah, I love that. Uh, adapted screenplay. I'm going with an upset. You go with the, the father. father. Going with yeah, the father. Yeah, I'm tempted to as well. The father will upset. I really want to go with Borat's subsequent movie film. Has a comedy, like a bold, outright comedy, ever won a, a screenplay Oscar? I mean, uh, other I mean, than going back to like, you know, the 40s and 50s. I mean, yeah. 40, yeah. Nothing of recent memory. Uh, I mean, Gosford Park? That's, yeah, Crossford Park is very much a comedy. I think, yeah. Oh, and Little Miss, Sun, Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they my, do well the, in original. Adapted is, is a tough. That's style. the problem. It's adapted, and I also think people will say like, "What? There wasn't a script," which isn't accurate at all. Yeah, it's improvised. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I really want to go with Borat, but with so much sort of working against it, um, I think I'm going to stick with Nomadland. Okay, that's safe. Jazz. I'm sticking with the father. You're gonna go with the father too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Christopher Hampton. I think it's uh, yeah. you reward uh, the legendary screenwriter and get also reward the next great generation of Florian Big Christopher Zeller. Hampton's second. Yep. Win in this category. Yeah, after dangerous, dangerous liaisons. liaisons. Crazy. It's been so long. Which now, which now I'm definitely I need to watch again. Oh, I haven't it holds seen it a long time. so well. It, it is so good. Mike, do you like Dangerous Liaisons? Have you um, seen I it? Did. Yeah, back in <laughs> back in the day, um, Mike's not a total luddite here. Right? I'm not a not a stan, but I you know I appreciated it at the time. I haven't watched it in how long. Oh, it holds up. Janelle, hot take: Do you think Glenn Close should have won for Dangerous, for Dangerous Liaisons? Liaisons? Who was her competition? Is the question. Uh, what was she? She was lead that year. So I know she... there's definitely a couple times when Glenn Close should have won and didn't. She um, lost to Jessica Tandy, I think, right? Isn't that oh, just yeah, man. I think so. That was the year, right? <laughs> I mean, I can't argue against no, that. No, that's a, no, that's a lie. No, no? it's not. No, it's not, because that's Michelle Pfeiffer, Fabulous Baker Boys. So it's the year before that. It's uh, Cher Moonstruck, I think. I don't know. I, someone looked that up while we're... Can't argue against Cher and Moonstruck. I know, that's true. I don't know. I we'll might, I might argue that. for Glenn over that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, original screenplay. Emerald Fennell. Fennell. Don't want to talk about it. You're not going to do it? Huh? No, it has to be Emerald Fennell. Oh. Yeah. Look, if it's Aaron Sorkin, am I going to be upset? Of course not. Is it, if it's Minari, no. This, this is a great, great category. They're all great scripts. But I, I will believe be... The, I believe the number three, though, by the way, Janelle, I think it's Sound of Metal. I think that's like the I dark love Sound of Metal as well. Look, I mean, this is this category is a heartbreaker. Like these all deserve a win. Yeah. Oh, Minari is my oh. number three, but yeah, not gonna be shocked if Sorkin wins just because he's Sorkin. He is Sorkin. It's also a really good script. I tur- uh, time of time of recording. I just turned in my final prediction uh, predictions like literally ten minutes before the podcast, and I talked to two voters before. Uh, I did it, and one was voting for Sorkin, and one was voting for Emerald. Y'all, I just looked it up. Glenn Close for Dangerous Liaisons lost to Jodie Foster for The Accused. 
Exactly. Who are the other nominees? Melanie Griffith for Working Girl, who weirdly I was thinking about last night, um, Meryl Streep for Cry in the Dark, and Sigourney Weaver, who I was also thinking about, who has never won an Oscar and for really gorilla, should. Gorillas for Gorillas or? in the Mist, yeah. Mm. She was a double nominee that year because she was also nominated for yeah. um, Working Girl. What a year. Uh, yeah. That's quite a, that's quite a category. Yeah. Right? I might... I might give it to Glenn of that lineup. That's a Glenn or Jody? I mean, that is yeah, that's that is close. tough. Yeah. All right. Uh, supporting actress, Yu Jung Yoon, Minari. Yes. I'm gonna hold off for it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, do it. Do it. Cry, Janelle. I want to hear it. Cry. You want to hear me cry? Want to hear you? Is cry. that what you're Cause, saying? Because this is Sophie's choice. This is your Sophie's <laughs> choice is. right now. This is so funny. Put it in the universe. We we should hear it one more time. Maria yeah. Bakalova, Borat subsequent movie film. Sure, it's her or Ya Jung Yoon. They're both brilliant. Like the, the, it is. It's a Sophie's choice. Um, with the SAG and the BAFTA, I got to go with YJ. But there's gonna be a surprise, at least one. And the supporting ca- categories are where you always look to. So I'm just saying it's not over. The last two people I spoke to, one was voting for Olivia Coleman. She's the great. Other one, the other one voted for Amanda. Well, Amanda is also a big spoiler, I think. I think a lot of people are going to vote for her. I mean, this category is insane. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Amanda who, Clayton? Amanda? Seyfried. Yeah. Seyfried. Actually, she said on the podcast, she said, get rid of all the vowels. And then oh. you can say it. Right. Oh, that's a good, well, but Fred. It's got an E in it. Cyphered. That's going to be in your head now. You're going to say Cyphered. I'm going to mess this up so bad. Uh, supporting actor, Daniel Kaluuya, Judas and the Black Messiah. I don't think we can even I mean, entertain. It's been a clean sweep, hasn't it? Yeah. 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 He's on fire. No one has ever lost after winning all those awards. In supporting actor, it happened once in the other acting categories. It happened to Russell Crowe when he lost for A Beautiful Mind. Well, Denzel Washington. Said, I'm sorry. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, Daniel Kaluuya has not thrown a phone at anyone in the last couple months, so I think he is he is safe. Actress. Ooh. Uh, th- this is what your Oscar pool banks on. Look, I'm sticking with Carrie. I don't know if I'm being silly because Viola Davis won the SAG Award, um, but I just I. I yeah, I'm probably. I, I I just think there's too much momentum with Carrie. Um, look, I could go on and on, but it's it's a gut call. This is what's keeping me up at night. This is this is the one category. I mean, look, my heart says Viola, but I wouldn't be surprised if Andre. So many people, so many voters like Andre Day. So I don't know. So you're saying Viola? I'm gonna say Viola. You look so tortured. Yeah. I'm so tortured. I'm with you, Jed. I, I think it's Viola. Clayton? Clayton Davis is going with Francis McDormand. You weirdo. I'm going <laughs> I, I landed I landed there this morning. Wow. My look, she's, oh my gosh. My 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 official final f- final five ranking is gonna be which is all within hairs of each other, but it's Francis, Andrew Day. Viola Davis, Carrie Mulligan, Vanessa Kirby. And it makes no sense. And that is appropriate for this year. You gotta that. go with your gut. Gotta go with the gut. Is that your gut or is that your head or your pancreas? It's, 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 an, it's an ab. I have one ab. <laughs> um, it, it is, it, it, I, I, like, honestly, there is no wrong answer. There really isn't. It's a great category. Yeah. I, I, I got to there by just. Uh, t- discussions with voters. The last two I spoke to both voted for Francis. And BAFTA, even though it doesn't matter, has only been wrong once in the last decade. No, BAFTA does matter. It so, does matter. Yeah, so I'm going with Francis. I mean, it's again like the would not be surprised by any of them. Yep. Nope. Except maybe Vanessa Kirby. I think I'd be a little surprised by Vanessa Kirby. But the but, rest... But you'd be like, yeah, like, sure. Why not? I mean, she's yeah. brilliant. <laughs> she's right. Why not in this year? Yeah. <laughs> I want her to win, but she. But I don't think That would will. be your personal choice? Vanessa Kirby? Be, yeah, I, I would vote for her. Like, by any category, I want her to win the most. I mean, she's, she's been my great. number one all along. Like, yeah. 
yeah, best actor. Listen, this is not a runaway. Wait a second. I'm the one who's been saying all season that this is not a line for Ch- <laughs> Chad- luck for Chadwick Boseman. And it really yeah. isn't. And I'm coming here today and saying it's Chadwick Boseman. And now y'all are going to turn on me and say... I, I, am, I am saying it's Chadwick, but it's by a smidge. It's much closer than I think that Netflix would like it to be. I think Anthony Anthony is right there. And I think if Chadwick loses, it's not... I mean, it's the Anthony surge, but also a split vote with Riz Ahmed. I think. See, I think Riz is neck and neck with, and like if he were to win, I would not be surprised. I think Riz and Chadwick are in the same pool. Like the, they're the same demographic sort of like a voter. So I think yeah, they, the, the younger. Yeah. yeah Anthony kind of has his own lane. You know, I, I you argue that Gary probably gets some of that lane too, but not definitely not enough to make a difference. So I just think, Anthony stays a lot to himself in there and it could it could make the difference, but I think I'm just gonna say Chadwick because you don't wanna be the one that's didn't say it. Hey, I said that one all season. <laughs> I know. <laughs> See, this is where I'm gonna be that one. I feel like look, I love Chadwick. I you know, I want him to win, but I feel that BAFTA gave Anthony Hopkins the push and surge he needed. And this is where BAFTA could push Anthony to win. Please don't hate me. I saw somebody saying the other day that like Anthony Hopkins has been everywhere campaigning. And I was like, excuse me, what planet are you on? (laughs) He's been lying so low. He's been extremely selective. He hasn't even shown up at any of the awards. Yeah. I I think, I think they were, I think they were referring back during the Nixon years. I think they were watching some of those uh, old videos here. Cause that's the only reasonable explanation I could think of. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, and I, I think that's a point against him. I haven't seen Anthony Hopkins out there. So, you know, but, but, you know, uh, Chadwick winning all the previous awards, I mean, there was just been something in the air and obviously the tribute aspect of it. Um, it's kind of undeniable that in the end, I think people are going to vote with their heart. Yeah. And listen, also same thing you just said, Mike, Francis McDormand hasn't campaigned either. So it's, Interesting how these like, but she's in the best picture front. But runner. she's but she's yeah. in the best picture front runner. Chadwick also is the only one that's not from a best picture nominee that's nominated in this category, and I think only four times that that's happened when wow when in any category that that the non best picture nominated film emerges. Last time was um well Forrest Whitaker no no they were all non best picture nominees not Forrest Whitaker it was um Ex Machina and visual effects. Mm. When it won visual effects against four Best Picture nominees. Well, that's going to be interesting when Chadwick and Viola both win. Or, yeah. Yeah, because, oh, <laughs> oh, God, there's so much history there. Yeah, this never happened. I don't know. I don't. I just want the pain to go away. <laughs> <laughs> I, These wrap-up I, stories are going to write themselves. There's going to be plenty to, plenty to dissect. Uh, directing. This is easy. Chloe yeah. Zhao. Yeah. yeah, Chloe Zhao. No matter what you're That's doing nice. anywhere else, Chloe Zhao. <laughs> Chloe Zhao. Yeah. Everyone's going to get at least one point in their Oscar yeah. pool. <laughs> <laughs> can I can I ask you guys? And this is again because it doesn't matter. Who's number two? Emerald. I think it's Emerald. Yeah. yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Picture. Let's go. Ryan love the shit. Chicago what? <laughs> what are you saying over there? So look, the the smart money would be on Nomadland. Mm-hmm. Trial of yes. Chicago Seven is right on its heels. Mm-hmm. Um, lot of love for Minari. Mm-hmm. Lot of love for Promising Young Woman. Mm-hmm. I have it narrowed down to four. There you go. Mm-hmm. That's good. Uh, I, I want. I'm going to give a stat that I just found today. Not that it should matter, but stats you can look at it. Uh, the Nomadland has won PGA, DGA, the Golden Globe, and BAFTA, and missed out on a SAG Ensemble nomination. Two films also did that same exact thing recently, 1917 and La La Land. Mm. They both lost Best Picture. Mm. So what are you saying? What are you thinking is going to happen? It was something to consider, but because it was my year in advance prediction, it's the year that I could be right. 
the only time in my life I'll ever be right in this <laughs> space. When a, a year out and I picked Nomadland, I'm just going to stick with it. But I'm ready for Charles Chicago 7 to win Best Picture and Best Picture well, maybe, only. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'll be another situation where they announce Nomadland and then two minutes later we discover it was actually Chicago 7. I would be 7. furious. <laughs> I would be furious. You can't do that again. You get, yeah. one, you get one time at that. <laughs> you don't understand how that Moonlight win gets I, I get so angry thinking of how that moment gets lost. And, yeah. It's really mm-hmm. unfair to Moonlight. Yeah. Like, I, I, everyone handled it like champs. I think Jordan Horowitz was amazing in the moment. Uh, you know, it's got taken the card. But it's it was so unfortunate. But, yeah. yeah. So, I'm so going with Nomadland. I'm going with Nomadland. I'm going with Nomadland. Go with it. I hate it. But, actually, again in the weeds, I think Trial Chicago 7 wins Best Picture only if Mank is one of, because I don't, because preferential ballot, if Mank is one of the first three films that's eliminated while, when they're going down the ballot. So I think The Father and Sound of Metal will be out one and two on the ballot. And then when you get to whatever the third film is, if it's Judas or Mank, if it's, if it's Judas that goes out, Nomadland wins. If it's Mank, Charles Chicago 7 wins. I have no way of ever proving if this is correct or not, but it was my, I just think those pairings kind of go together and that will put whoever is needed over the hump. What are people you're talking to? What are they saying? They're voting number one. Uh, the last two people voted, uh, their, their top three were the, were promising Young woman, the father, nomad land. Uh, another person was the trial of Chicago seven. Uh, I have the notes somewhere, but I think the trial of Chicago seven. Oh, sound of metal trial of Chicago seven. Uh, and then I think it was Judas in the third spot. Hmm. And then like, I think Nomadland was like fourth. So, so no clarity whatsoever. Is no, what you're telling me. <laughs> but I, but I do think there are some groupings that happen. I think sound of metal, the father and Nomadland kind of live close together on a ballot. And then Mank, Charles Chicago 7, something else live close together. So I do think Promising Young Woman is a little, I don't want to say polarizing, but I think it's, I think there's a lot of number ones and a lot of lower votes. And I think that is what's killing that out. What's funny about Promising Young Woman is, is overall it has not been as polarizing as I thought it would be. And I'm, I'm thrilled to even see it here. I'm thrilled Emerald got into directing, like... It'd be great if it won. It'd be great if Minari won. I mean, look, I, I, this is like the rare year where I like all of these films. Yep. Mike, what's your favorite? And that's the one that wins Best Picture. Uh, I, I think Nomadland wins Best Picture. It's not my favorite of the bunch, but I just feel Minari, like. Right? Yeah, my favorite is Minari. Uh, that's yeah. the one that wins Best Picture then. There it is. Oh, is that Mike what we're going now? We're going emotional. Emotional picks. Whatever Mike picked, that's what wins Best Picture. And not for nothing. Also, it would make sense. If that was it in the end, that'd be awesome. The only other SAG cast nominee, aside from Travel of Chicago 7, is Minari. And it would keep the SAG stat alive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it has, I mean, it just wouldn't have editing. So it'd be the first since Birdman. Wow. So, and before that, Driving Miss Daisy. You, I can't hear someone say Driving Miss Daisy and not instantly hear the theme song. <laughs> 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 oh, guys, I can't believe we're here. It's finally over. And you'll be here. Yeah. I will be here. I'll be here. Here. I'll be there <laughs> in LA watching the Oscars. So I'm going I'm to do my hosting bit, run home by home to <laughs> the corporate the, apartments. <laughs> corporate apartments. Watch it and then meet up with Janelle. And then. Uh, Are you going to wear a tux? Um, Should I wear a gown? Tux like, yeah, I'll have. I bought. Two. It's gonna be a tuxedo T-shirt, isn't it? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> That's very COVID of you. Just like yeah. wear shorts and a tuxedo T-shirt. I got, like, I got two very fly jackets. That I'm excited. Very about, fly. That be wearing. Yeah. Hey, who's the guest this week? Jean Claude Van Damme. Cool. JCVD. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going an entirely yep. different direction. Yeah. <laughs> you'll 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 know when you hear it. Does that mean you don't know yet? No, we always know. I love that was the first 
first name that came to your right? head. Right? <laughs> Jean-Claude Van Damme is usually my go-to name for anything that's joking. Just like my go-to uh, fake sequel name for anything when they announced Downton Abbey 2 today. I was like, cool, it's to Downton to Abbey. <laughs> yeah. Mine yeah. is Rory Calhoun and Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. too. <laughs> Although the crazy uh, 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 white supremacists uh, have stolen the boogaloo. You're right. Which <laughs> is unfortunate. Like, they're... they're Taking all the good stuff, like the letter Q. Like we can't have the letter yeah. Q anymore. Like they stole it. Yep. Um, Mike, I want you to say it right now, since we're all together. What wins the Emmy for best drama? Uh, <laughs> let's just let's end the Emmys now. Crown yeah. wins best drama. Ted Lasso wins best comedy. What wins and limited series? Obviously, Queen's Gambit. Queen's Gambit. Although, are you watching Mayor of Easton? I started, yeah. It's that's. I mean, there's a lot of great limited. There's a lot of great limited. That's a it's, bloodbath this year. It's gonna. It's <laughs> gonna be a tough category right now. Queen's Gambit's in the lead, but a lot can happen. Queen's Gambit has not gone gone up against uh, Small Axe yet, so I'm waiting for that. That's right. Moment. Well, Golden Globes they went up against each other, right? Uh, Were they both nominated the Globes? I believe so. No, I can't remember. No, no, wait. They don't have a limited series comment. Uh, Kind of yeah, they don't. That's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, so they haven't gone up against each other yet. So that's why I think maybe that. I want to throw out there that Kyle McLaughlin has not been nominated for an Emmy in 20 years. And this year he is appearing in Masterpieces Atlantic Crossing as FDR. And he is amazing. So he is overdue. Wow. His next nomination. Speaking of small acts, I'm talking to John Boyega today <gasps> for an upcoming episode. So Yay. stay tuned for that. Ask him, ask him about uh, Star Wars. I'm sure he'll tell us all. Yeah, about I'm it. sure he's never been asked that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ask him about Star Wars and ask him about Attack the Block. I don't think anyone's ever asked him about any of those. You movies. know, what's funny is that there is a, uh, a line, a Star Wars line in his uh, small acts episode. Is there? Where they're actually, he's like, I'm gonna gonna join the force, and his friend's <laughs> like, You're gonna become a Jedi. Ah, I love that. It's like a little, small, <laughs> look at that. Little these, nod. these are called fun bits with Mike. <laughs> I love it. Hey, the MTV TV uh, movie and TV award oh, nominations yeah. have come out. So, in best movie, you've got Borat, Yay. Judas and the Black Messiah, Promising Young Woman, Soul, and To All the Boys, Always and Forever. Ah, oh, now that's wow. what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's fun. And in best show, Bridgerton, Cobra Kai, Emily in Paris, The Boys, and WandaVision. Now that is a mix of ca- like shows that you're not going to see at the Emmys. <laughs> you're not going to see that category exist. I remember when the MTV Movie Awards used to have used to give best movie to Menace to Society, and they used to be so cool. And then we had those Twilight years. <laughs> literally the Twilight years. <laughs> yeah, literally. But... Uh, yeah. All right. All right. We'll be back here next week. Will we? Will we'll we, have will answers we? finally from the longest season ever. I feel depressed. I just like I don't know what's happening. It's been a been a long seventeen thousand months. <laughs> we'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll capture your temperature next week. Hopefully, it'll be it'll be good. Oh, I'm getting my I'm getting my second shot tomorrow. Yay! And then you're getting on a plane the next day. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, be well. We'll see you soon, and we'll see you all next week. See you guys. It's Variety's Award Circuit Podcast. I'm Michael Schneider. When actor Stephen Young first saw Lee Isaac Chung's script for Minadi, the words deeply resonated with him. With the theme of family resilience at its core, its message has struck a chord with Academy voters, audiences, and critics alike. The film received six Oscar nominations, including acting nods for Yun and actress Yoo Jung-yoon, with the latter hotly tipped to take home the prize for Best Supporting Actress on Sunday night. Strong, strong boy. Mm, strong boy. Mm. Huh? 
Friday Artisans editor Jazz Tanke recently spoke to Stephen Yun and Yu Jung Yung for the SAG After Foundation. She began by asking the actors about what drew them to the script. When I read it, it was something that I also wanted to say. Um, it deeply resonated with, um, uh, you know, an experience that I, I grew up having. And um, also, I, I really enjoyed um, that, you know, it, it spoke very confidently from its own point of view, um, that it didn't need anything outside of it to justify the story. But it was really about this family from the family's point of view. And what about for you? Like, uh, okay. Uh, first, I got the script within English, so of course I was having a hard time to read it. And maybe thirty pages after, I realized, oh, I just—it's just something. It, if I felt uh, it is uh, um, authentic and truthful, so I called my friends who gave me the script. Uh, okay, I will do it. I'm very quick decision maker. <laughs> That's what happened. What did Lee tell you about each of your characters? Like, you know, for example, Jacob, what did he he say to help you tap into that character? Um, he actually didn't say uh, too much explicitly. He wasn't he wasn't guiding me anywhere. He was very open to collaboration. And, you know, the script itself was very just honest in that it really was written in a way of just what was or what happened. Um, it didn't seem to imply, he didn't overwrite direction. He really just wrote dialogue. And I think that's the talent of Isaac that um, he could write dialogue that was real, simple and truthful. And so you can kind of hear the voices um, just by reading the script. And so for me, um, you know, he allowed a lot of space for me to kind of imbue and, and put in my intentions and my connections to a character like that, too. Yeah. Same and- here. <laughs> <laughs> Isaac is a good listener. Mm. He listened mm, mm. from the actors, and then he always have an open-minded, and that was very grateful for me as an actress. And then if I... Uh, if he liked to have his idea, then it, it will be okay with you or something like that. So I can add my dialogue uh, or my thought or my um, experience. So we just openly talk about that's the special scene or, you know, any scene. So mm-hmm. that was very um, grateful for him and very great. Gratifying. Hmm? Gratifying? Yeah, gratifying. <laughs> Stephen, help me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, got you. Gratifying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kuma. yeah. yeah. You're, you're and, so good at English. I don't even know. You don't need my help. <laughs> please, I know myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, your English is amazing. I know you were talking about it before, and it's incredible. And, you know, one thing that was so beautiful about the film is that just the portrayal of, you know, the, the Korean American community and this family. And it's not been, you, you know, it's not been done before um, in this way. And what was that like to get a script, to be able to tell this story from this perspective and just, you know, bring bring the story to life? you know, for me, at least it was, it was, um, it was scary at times. Um, I worried that, um, I put, you know, unnecessary pressures on it. I think for me, the journey for me individually was realizing that we were just servicing the story of this one family that we weren't necessarily upholding, um, a portrait of all Korean Americans or anything like that. And in some way it does reflect a truth to other people who went through a similar situation or come from a similar background. Um, Maybe perhaps, you know, when you say it hasn't been seen before, sometimes I wonder if it's because other times that it's been done, it kind of went with the pressure of needing to service the community as a whole, instead of just servicing this one family and this one story. And I think, you know, having incredible, like, 
actors like Yeti and and Yoon Yeo-jung right here, like it, 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 their individuality and the way that they brought the uniqueness of their characters, I think really um, made it more honest and authentic and truthful. I was surprised uh, they haven't mm, done this project yet because uh, with my knowledge, our immigrants' history is back in Hawaii, some sugar field or something, then it's been generations. I'm not sure how long we, we've been immigrant. We started immigrant, this country. So I thought maybe we already done this kind of story. But they said this is first time done by Isaac. So I was surprised and it's about time to talk about it or it's time to just to come out you know we have a story to tell you guys or something like that that's what i felt the the other beauty is just this dynamic there is such a great chemistry between all of you how much time did you get to spend together beforehand and the, i mean let's talk about that chemistry steven you tell <laughs> I mean, um, I, I think it all really comes down to um, initially Isaac and his really wonderful direction. And I think also uh, his incredible writing just attracted um, really selfless uh, actors, I think, and selfless people in the crew and cast all around. I think really everybody came together to make something and service the story. And so, you know, when we were all working um, there was, you know, kind of a built-in dynamic that I think was really nice, um, just among the actors that could also bleed into the characters in some way. And, um, you know, we didn't have too much time, but we all kind of came together at the same place, met at a house. Um, I, I crashed and bothered, um, quite a bit. Uh, I did laundry at her place and ate all their food. Um, but, <laughs> but, you know, that was kind of like, Jacob's that was kind of Jacob too to like show up and just eat the food and then leave um so no uh, he you. wasn't rude at all because <laughs> see we didn't have much time but happened to be uh the one who gave me the script uh, she was worried to death about me being alone in Tulsa Oklahoma with, with anybody um help so she came along with me and then she happened to be a bit, very nice chef. I didn't know she could be cooked like that. So she was preparing a meal. Then, you know, once he stopped uh, to do the laundry and of course he could smell the food, then he cannot go back to the hotel. So, no we, so <laughs> we got together naturally and at the dinner table, of course, we share the life, you know, how he grew up and how I been an actress and we were sharing all the uh, life together then ate the meal then we talk about script and then I think that's why we became a real family we got very close because eating in Korean say if we, if we eat together that become a family but mm. there's a, some nice way to put it Stephen you say it I, I don't know it either but I, but I believe you. <laughs> Sorry. Please help me. So Sorry. that's why we became a family, really. Yeah. Yeti and he was a good son. Mm -hmm. He was, was a okay. very good son then. Um, yes, he was. What, what about working with Alan Kim? I mean, you know, what a genius. I love the dynamic. I love, you know, Jacob and David and, and you know, Grandma and... And little David, talk about working with Chuck. Because, you know, the one thing they say is don't work with children and animals. Um, <laughs> but he seems like he seems like an angel. You know what I will say? I will say that I felt like what also made this movie so special, in addition to, like, just the individuals, but, like, the power of, of purity um, from different perspectives. I feel like... Um, the purity of Noel and Alan um, was so important to this. They kept all of us honest and they kept all of us uh, engaged and always kind of in this family dynamic. And uh, we were trying to uphold the reality for them, too. And so uh, there was that. And then there was also, you know, kind of the power of 
Yunzenzheim's kind of purity in that way of of you know she came with some incredible people that were really integral to this film. Uh, Ina, who's sitting right next to her, uh, was so important to us. Uh, Yol, who who came and helped us, um, kind of she kind of played utility and like was in the gaps of everything in the in between culture and between language and between production. Um, and then, you know, we had other people like Doug and such really selfless people that showed up. And there was this, there was this power of purity and intention that I think, you know, uh, went from Alan all the way up. And, um, that's to me, like the biggest magic of it, like Alan and Noel, um, their futures are so bright and they're such intelligent young, young people. And, um, I'm excited for them in the future. But for me, what was like the most palpable with the experience that I had with them was just their real purity of being able to react to a true, true moment. And um, that's that's something special that's not that's not that common. I think I was the first one who acted with the Allen Kim that mm-hmm. they did. And of course, like you said, I was worried to death because he doesn't have experienced acting, not an ex- inexperienced uh, acting so oh what I'm going to what I'm gonna do with that little boy <laughs> so <laughs> the night before okay I will be miserable with that boy then that was all wrong mm, he well prepared mm. I'm sure by his mother he <laughs> memorized all the line and then if he throw the line or I throw the line for him to him, then he's just like a sponge, like just react in that moment. So it became very natural. And especially he doesn't like grandmother at all. So he, I try not to see him. I didn't have any meeting with him because I just, you know, make him feel like I was a total stranger for him from mm-hmm. Korea. So he was really act like that. So it was very magically happened. <laughs> I, I love that. And I love that dynamic. I'm going to ask you, do you like Mountain Dew? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad for you. <laughs> Drinks should not be that color. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's just not right. <laughs> um, talking about the purity of it all. And I love that thread that you, just there, Stephen. Is was there a scene that really resonated? Like one, I know it's such a difficult one, but is there one scene that resonated with you, whether you were reading it in the script or whether you were actually on set in that moment? Um, I think you know, I, I have. A, I mean, there's a few, but I think one that I really enjoyed. Not, I wasn't even an observer or really a participant. Um, but I was just kind of there in the room and it was that feeling of that lat of that scene when, um, Yun Zun Zengin was, was looking at the family and, um, I couldn't see it. I couldn't see it because my eyes were closed. I was trying to be in the scene opposite her on the ground with my family, but it was just being together after, you know, we shot that I, later in the sequence anyway of, of, of the film. And so like that experience was culminating to that one point and, to feel the silence in the room and to also like know that you're giving something to a very silent, like powerful performance. And then at the end of it for everybody to be like, Oh, (laughs) that was awesome. It was really like, that was a really, that was a really powerful energy in that room. And that was really, that was really fun. Um, and then another one for me um, was, you know, when the barn was burning down and I had spent two takes trying to desperately control the situation for myself, thinking that as Jacob, he would be losing his mind or um, having his massive moment of just like, you know, freaking out. And I couldn't really get to this emotional place that I like willed in my head. And I finally let go and I just like catatonically stared at it and let go to the moment. And then I look over and and Yeti is there sobbing for the third take in a row, no problem. And um, that moment was very honest to me too, of just showing in such a real way through an experience like this, that, you know, this is not a life alone. 
that, you know, you experience these things together and that the people that you might not realize are upholding such, so much of, of a life, um, are doing so in silence. And so, uh, to watch her performance too, was really powerful. That scene was devastating. There was so much beauty to that. What was that like filming that for you, especially, I mean, you're like this close to the fire. Um, you talk about shooting that. Yeah. I mean, um, it was beautiful to watch. Um, you understand? Did you come to? Did you? See, were you there? No, when we I didn't. Were, I, w- I wasn't there. But me myself, it, it stuck the fire. So yeah, and I remember uh, that. I have we were there, but you know, I was kind of dan- dangerous at that night. But yeah, the flame was on to my face, and uh, try. I, I tried to put out the fire, right? And then with that hand is not movable and i don't know what to do and then that's when when right emotion but problem is uh, i'm very old-fashioned actress uh, and then my principle is uh, unless i hear the cut sound i need to keep doing same acting so i was doing it and i couldn't hear the sound of cut so i kept doing it, and then the flame was all onto my face and so I didn't know what to do. <laughs> so I teased the in eye and I almost barbecued Korean barbecued myself. <laughs> <laughs> that was, it was it was hot. It was very hot. Um yeah Yeti and I probably stood there, sat there staring at it for about 10 seconds before they forced us to like come back because it was raging. Mm. Um but it was it was beautiful it was terrifying and beautiful beautiful sequence and why i mean the film has been you know people have been seeing the film online because of the pandemic or you know however people have been consuming the content and everybody who's seen it it resonates so deeply why do you think the film has touched so many people and what is it like to have the film come out in the pandemic the way that it's been released. Like, talk about that. I don't know. She, you, the, the one who was in the part of that movie, of course, we all expected it comes out real nice way. But to me, I didn't expect to be having this much attention. So for the foreigner, especially me, is in, I'm pure Korean. So I was really surprised and then trying to now put together myself oh, I think uh, because of the script uh, that I was the first audience I think when I read the script and then it just somehow it just moved me or touched me it's so authentic maybe it's same feeling for the audience like you know others or something am I saying right mm-hmm. that's yeah. what I'm trying to gather in Stephen, if please have. I think that's right. I think I, you know, I think it's. I think it's that. I think. um, I think ultimately, it's a feeling. It's really hard to grasp what what uh, anything tangible. I think. I think. um, You know. I think it starts again with Isaac. I think Isaac. um, He has a lot of love. Uh, He has a lot of love for people. He has a lot of love for. Uh, love and grace for his characters. Um, uh, and he had a lot of love and grace for his cast and his crew. And I think, you know, starting there and then kind of like having that feeling emanate um, while we were making it. I remember when we were making it, I was like, this is this is a very joyful, joyful production. Um, it was not easy um, and it had difficult moments, but there was a lot of joy. And so, um, you know, getting out there, I think it speaks to connection. I think it speaks to isolation. I think it speaks to love. I think it speaks to um, grace. Um, there's just so many things that I feel like was captured in this script and then hopefully, you know, was realized and then now it gets out there. Um, I'm, I'm very glad that people are connecting to it. Um, what's been, you know, strange and sobering is um, to start at Sundance and have that, huge you know week where we got to experience it with so many people um and then you know to go right into the pandemic um 
was, you know, at times it, if it, you know, I think, I think part there was, there's moments where Isaac and I would say we're talking, we're like, hey, it's a bummer that people won't be able to all go and collectively see this together in the theater. And, and I still feel that I, I hope people get a chance to do that at some point, but um, it's a very different experience, but also just, it felt like the movie was kind of living on its own terms that it, that, you know, that it, in, it's in some way it made itself. And then it's also kind of putting itself out in whatever way, shape or form. And the cool part is I think it's reached more people than it might've um, in this, you know, terrible situation. Um, so yeah, I, I, I try not to question it too much. I'm just like, I, whatever's happening is happening. And it's like the craziest ride so far. And I hope it does get released in the cinema. So whenever, when it's safe, so people can enjoy it all together. Cause it's one of those films that you want to revisit again and again, but what from, you know, looking back, what did you learn about yourself making this? I learned a lot of lessons. See, <laughs> me, <laughs> man, how, how old am I now? 73, 74? She said 74. 74. <laughs> and people think I'm very wise and because I learned lessons through lifetime, so I could be a very mature person. I'm not, actually. I'm very temperamental, and then if I get impulsive, and, but seeing Isaac, in that seat, in that set, um, I learned a lot of things from him. Really, he was really calm and he handled everybody right way and concerned about everybody. That that I I learned the lesson from Isaac. But but you know, Stephen tells you the truth is I'm trying to be like him, but not not. No, I always thinking about the the night before. Okay, I'll be very patient and tolerance to the everything but next day if something happened to me i completely forgot about last night prayer <laughs> oh. <laughs> so. but that's your power that's what you know that's your powers underneath <laughs> i feel like that's that's it i think what she said is it um that i learned that too i learned i i learned the power of everybody I learned the, the, you know, everybody has their secret power and like everybody came and showed their secret power um, in whatever way, shape or form down to every single crew member. Um, yeah, I learned, I think I learned a, a lot about submission this time around, um, just letting go and uh, giving in to something greater. And um, yeah, it, I mean, that's one of many, many lessons, but I won't bore you with how, <laughs> how much I've changed in a year. <laughs> I'll find out later. Yeah, yeah, I'll tell you later. Okay. <laughs> WhatsApp conversation begins. Um, I, I was going to say, one of my favorite sequences is when she arrives at the suitcase mm -hmm. and she opens it up and it's just, there's no clothes, it's just all food, which is such, you know, it's, if you're from Asia, Southeast Asia, like that's what they do. It's like mangoes and whole food. What was that? What was that scene like for you? It's, it's a, food means home. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure she she brings all that this um, red hot dried red hot hot pepper and then dried anchovy. We all need that. All Korean knows we need that for the some kind of. Base uh, ingredient base, so of course uh, that's her, her home to the Monica's home. She brought the home for her, so uh, so she could cry. That's why she cried. People probably don't understand why she cried, but that's you know mm -hmm. I brought the home for her. That's what it is. That's exactly what it is. Um, so the film received a SAG Ensemble nomination. What was that like to receive that recognition? Like, what did that mean to you? Stephen, you, okay, I'll tell, because I'm very ignorant about that um, American system. So I really didn't know what is a SAG means. So later on, I found out because 
I'm pure Korean. I just born and raised in Korea. And then I don't, I'm not familiar with all the Hollywood system. So I asked Ina, what is SAG stands for? <laughs> she explained it to me. So <laughs> now I know, but to me, mm, not realistic. And it's not real to me because it's, uh, I, I'm just Korean. So I know she explained it to me. I should be grateful. And then this is the, the Sega word means. And it's um, from the, the actor to actor that I understand literally. Literally? Am I saying right? Literally. Literally, yeah. Yeah, yeah. literally. Yeah. yeah, literally. But my feeling is... Uh, uh, what 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 is it? I'm sure they say we did a good job, but I'm, it's not realistic to me. Tell me the truth is. Mm. Yeah. So you know you are American, so you explain. Yeah, yeah. No, I know, I know what you mean, something <laughs> It's like it's like uh, it seems intangible. Um, it it seems like another world, and you know, mm. for someone for me, um, in it. Um, you know, that was, that was to me like the most gratifying nomination, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, to, to, to be nominated by your contemporaries, but then for people to see the work of, you know, what felt the most true in this production, which was, um, all of us, everybody giving every part of themselves to, to this production and them recognizing kind of the collective ensemble, um, that to me feels the most honest and real, um, between all of us. So yeah, it's, 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 it's major. We we deeply appreciate it. So Stephen, I'm going to switch lanes for a second and we're going to talk about the walking dead when your character, (laughs) when your character Glenn died, it was such a pop, you know, it's such a moment in pop culture and people like, you know, they didn't want to watch a show after you left. What do you remember about filming that finale and why did that res- that moment resonate so much? Um, I don't know. I don't know why it resonated so much. I mean, um, I have my guesses, but I think it's probably individual to everybody. But, you know, um, I had a similar feeling making that show, especially in the beginning, um, as I had with Minari of people coming together to service something much larger than them and um, people kind of, you know, not taking any more than they needed to and just, and giving of themselves. And um, that type of dynamic, I think um, is hard to come by sometimes, you know? Um, And uh, with Walking Dead, I remember the first couple seasons and beyond, but especially the first one um, was a real, beautiful group group moment it it was all of us coming together none of us knew each other all from different kind of backgrounds and 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 people and uh we were all telling this larger story and uh that was a wonderful feeling and i I, i've been able to feel that feeling a couple of times and i'm very lucky for that and uh i wonder if you know when glenn died um i don't i don't know why but I, i i will say glenn was that character what it what it what it was what it maybe meant to a larger group was um connection you know i think i think he represented connection in a way i think he was um kind of the heart in the way of 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 kind of bringing everybody together um and so uh i'm sure it was not great when that character left um but you know shooting it it was sad it was sad uh it was disgusting uh, and it was also beautiful because I was a part of something deeply connected, um, you know, to have Andy there, to have Lauren there, to have Norman there, all my friends and all these cast members and crew that have come with, along with me on the ride, uh, or I came along with them. Um, to kind of end it there, it was, it was nice um, in so much as that I was so, I, I was sad to leave, but also it felt like everybody was supportive and, and, and we were just kind of moving to the next phase of, of, of kind of all of our lives in that way. And so, um, yeah, I could talk about it for hours, but, um, it, it, it was really good. The Walking Dead is not a show that grandma would be watching. 
<laughs> Actually, I, I think so. I think Sunja would definitely watch Walking Dead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, it, it's like wrestling. Well, I, it's like wrestling. I watched Love it. It was worse than wrestling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, Sunja, Sunja. Not, not, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I got confused with me yeah. and Sunja. Sorry. Minari is currently available to watch on demand. And that's it for this edition of Variety's Award Circuit Podcast. Drew Griffith edited this episode, and Michael Schneider is the producer. Be sure to subscribe to the Award Circuit Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you download podcasts. Also, head on over to Variety.com and click on the Award Circuit tab to find the latest Oscar predictions and key races, as well as your daily fix of news, analysis, and reviews. For Janelle Riley, Jazz Tanke, and Clayton Davis, I'm Michael Schneider. Be sure to join us next week when we dissect everything that happened on Oscar Sunday. Until then, we'll see you on the circuit. <laughs>